Hey, it's Nathan, and this is day 58 of the Bible in 90 Days. We're in Jeremiah chapters 34 through 47. Chapter 34 begins with a message to King Zedekiah. The army of Nebuchadnezzar had invaded and only three cities were still holding out. Jerusalem, Lachish, and Azekah. The only fortified cities left in Judah. The message was quite simple. Zedekiah would be taken captive. However, he was assured that he would die peacefully and be honored with a funeral fire in his honor. The rest of chapter 34 deals with slavery. At some point in his reign, Zedekiah had made a covenant with his people that they were all to release their Hebrew slaves. The people agreed and, and did so. And then the people promptly reversed course and took back their slaves. Jeremiah was then told to remind the people of the covenant requirements made long ago after their ancestors had left Egypt, that everyone was to free their slaves every seven years. While they had recently repented, they had also gone back on their word and were continuing to enslave fellow Hebrews. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, You have not obeyed me. You have not proclaimed freedom to your own people. So I now proclaim freedom for you, declares the Lord, freedom to fall by the sword, plague, and famine. I will make you abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth. Chapter 34, by the way, a chapter you should read is a fascinating story about the Rechabites. Jeremiah was instructed to invite them to one of the temple side rooms and give them wine to drink. This was done. The Rechabites responded, We do not drink wine, because our forefather Jehonadab, son of Rechab, gave us this command. Neither you nor your descendants must ever drink wine. We have obeyed everything our forefather Jehonadab, son of Rechab, commanded us. Jeremiah was then instructed by God to repeat this story as a lesson to the people of Judah, calling them out for their unfaithfulness. But I have spoken to you again and again, yet you have not obeyed me. As a result, disaster was coming. The final note of the story, the faithful Rechabites were commended for their faithfulness and given a blessing by God. Jehonadab Son of Rechab will never fail to have a descendant to serve me. Chapter 36 tells the tragic story of King Jehoiakim's rejection of God's word. Jeremiah is instructed by God to take a scroll and write on it all the words I have spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the other nations from the time I began speaking to you in the reign of Josiah till now. Perhaps when the people of Judah hear about every disaster I plan to inflict on them, they will each turn from their wicked ways. Then I will forgive their wickedness and their sin. Jeremiah's scribe was then asked to read the scroll to the people on behalf of Jeremiah, since Jeremiah was not allowed to. One of the king's officials overheard Baruch, Jeremiah's assistant, reading the scroll to the people. After reporting it to his comrades, Baruch was summoned to read the scroll to the palace officials, so he did so. After the men heard the words, they told Baruch that he and Jeremiah must go and hide, because a report must be given to the king. Upon hearing the report, the king asked for the message to be read to him, as he sat warming by a fire. 
Whenever Jehudai had read three or four columns of the scroll, the king cut them off with a scribe's knife and threw them into the firepot, until the entire scroll was burned in the fire. The king and all his attendants who heard all these words showed no fear, nor did they tear their clothes. After the scroll was burned, God instructed Jeremiah, Take another scroll and write on it all the words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, burned up. A message was also sent to the king. He will have no one to sit on the throne of David. His body will be thrown out and exposed to the heat by day and the frost by night. Chapter 37 finds Zedekiah on the throne, placed there by Nebuchadnezzar. During this time, the Egyptians marched out of Egypt to come and aid the kingdom of Judah. In response, the Babylonians ended the siege and went to meet the Egyptians. And Jeremiah is sent with a message to the king. Pharaoh's army, which has marched out to support you, will go back to its own land, to Egypt. Then the Babylonians will return and attack this city. They will capture it and burn it down. The king is then warned, Do not deceive yourselves, thinking, The Babylonians will surely leave us. They will not. After this, Jeremiah heads out of the city, only to be stopped by a guard, arrested and accused of deserting to the Babylonians. He protests, that's not true. Unfortunately, the angry officials beat him and put him in a dungeon for a long time. In an interchange between Jeremiah and the king that happens sometime later, Jeremiah pleads, do not send me back to the house of Jonathan, the secretary, or I will die there. King Zedekiah then gave orders for Jeremiah to be placed in the courtyard of the guard and given a loaf of bread from the street of the bakers each day until all the bread in the city was gone. So Jeremiah remained in the courtyard of the guard. Chapter 38, a chapter well worth reading, tells us that Jeremiah was telling all the people, Whoever stays in this city will die by the sword, famine or plague, but whoever goes over to the Babylonians will live. They will escape with their lives. They will live. And this is what the Lord says. This city will certainly be given into the hands of the army of the king of Babylon who will capture it. This angered some of the officials who told the king that Jeremiah was discouraging the people. In response, the king lets them do whatever they want to to Jeremiah. He's quickly lowered by ropes into the cistern. It had no water in it only mud, and Jeremiah sank down into the mud. But Ebed-Melech, a Cushite, an official in the royal palace, heard that they had put Jeremiah into the cistern. This official approaches the king and intercedes for Jeremiah. The king orders a rescue, and Ebed-Melech follows through, gently hoisting Jeremiah out of the smelly cistern. And Jeremiah remained in the courtyard of the guard. Sometime later, the king has a secret meeting with Jeremiah, during which the prophet explains the king's two options. Surrender to the Babylonians and save his family and the city, or resist the Babylonians and be taken captive along with his family. The city would be burned down as well. When the conversation is finished, the king ordered Jeremiah to tell no one what they had discussed. Chapter 39 describes the fall of Jerusalem which unfolded just as Jeremiah had warned it would, because the king and his people refused to surrender. Zedekiah and all the soldiers escaped by night, 
But the Babylonian army pursued them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. They captured him and took him to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon at Riblah, in the land of Hamath, where he pronounced sentence on him. There at Riblah, the king of Babylon slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and also killed all the nobles of Judah. Then he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with bronze shackles to take him to Babylon. The city was burned. Captives were taken and the poor were left to care for the land. Jeremiah, however, was treated quite differently by the commander of the imperial guard. Take him and look after him. Don't harm him, but do for him whatever he asks. One final note in the chapter is a very special promise to Ebed-Melech, who had rescued Jeremiah. I will save you. You will not fall by the sword, but will escape with your life, because you trust in me, declares the Lord. In chapter 40, we find additional details about Jeremiah's release. Nebuzaradan, commander of the imperial guard, had found Jeremiah bound in chains among all the captives from Jerusalem and Judah who were being carried into exile to Babylon. Upon finding him, the commander expressed his knowledge that Jeremiah had prophesied the destruction that was then taking place. The commander released him, offering to take him to Babylon or leave him at home, whatever he wanted to do, though he encouraged him to stay with the newly appointed governor, Gedaliah. Then the commander gave him provisions and a present and let him go. The rest of the chapter describes Gedaliah's leadership, including encouraging the people, do not be afraid to serve the Babylonians. It's also discovered that a certain man was planning to assassinate Gedaliah, though he refused to believe it. Chapter 41 reports that the assassination plot was carried out, along with the execution of at least 70 others. The assassin mastermind, Ishmael, also made captives of all the rest of the people who were in Mizpah. However, when Johanan and the army officers heard of Ishmael's actions, they came to the rescue, though Ishmael and eight of his men managed to escape. Johanan then led the army officers and the people they had rescued down toward Egypt. Chapter 42. The group found Jeremiah and asked him to seek God's wisdom for them. Ten days later, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and the message, You stay in this land. I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. For I have relented concerning the disaster I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. However, if you say, We will not stay in this land and so disobey the Lord your God. And if you say, No, we will go and live in Egypt. Then the sword you fear will overtake you there, and the famine you dread will follow you into Egypt, and there you will die. Chapter 43 tells us that when Jeremiah finished, one of the men said, You are lying. The Lord our God has not sent you to say, You must not go to Egypt to settle there. In direct contradiction of, to Jeremiah's warning, they headed for Egypt, dragging Jeremiah and Baruch, the scribe, along. When they arrived in Egypt, Jeremiah was given instruction to bury some large stones in clay in the brick pavement at the entrance to Pharaoh's palace in Tapanese, and then inform the people that Nebuchadnezzar would set his throne on that very spot and then burn the Egyptian temples. 
chapter 44, chapter well worth reading, finds Jeremiah uttering a stern warning against the idolatry the people of Judah were practicing in Egypt. In the message, the people are warned. None of the remnant of Judah who have gone to live in Egypt will escape or survive to return to the land of Judah, to which they long to return and live. None will return except a few fugitives. However, the people responded as expected. We will not listen to the message you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord. We will certainly do everything we said we would. We will burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and will pour out drink offerings to her. Jeremiah reasons with the stubborn people. When the Lord could no longer endure your wicked actions and the detestable things you did, your land became a curse and a desolate waste without inhabitants as it is today. And then Jeremiah communicated words that God had spoken. I am watching over them for harm, not for good. The Jews in Egypt will perish by sword and famine until they are all destroyed. Chapter 45 is very short. A brief message dictated to Baruch the scribe. It read in part, This is what the Lord says, I will overthrow what I have built and uproot what I have planted throughout the earth. Chapter 46 is a message concerning Egypt. The sword will devour till it is satisfied, till it has quenched its thirst with blood. For the Lord, the Lord Almighty, will offer sacrifice in the land of the north by the river Euphrates. Go up to Gilead and get balm, virgin daughter Egypt. But you try many medicines in vain. There is no healing for you. The nations will hear of your shame. Your cries will fill the earth. One warrior will stumble over another. Both will fall down together. Following this is a prophecy of Nebuchadnezzar and his coming attack on Egypt. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, whose name is the Lord Almighty, one will come who is like Tabor among the mountains, like Carmel by the sea. Pack your belongings for exile, you who live in Egypt, for Memphis will be laid waste and lie in ruins without inhabitant. The final words of the chapter are words of assurance to God's people, who will be disciplined but not annihilated. Chapter 47 is a message about the Philistines. See how the waters are rising in the north? They will become an overflowing torrent. They will overflow the land and everything in it, the towns and those who live in them. The people will cry out. All who dwell in the land will wail at the sound of the hooves of galloping steeds, at the noise of enemy chariots and the rumble of their wheels. The day has come to destroy all the Philistines and to remove all survivors who could help Tyre and Sidon. And that's all for today.